Hey guys, welcome back. Today I've got some very practical things to share with you. Um, but as always, please like, subscribe, tap the bell notification, and share this um, podcast. Share what, what God's been saying through it. Share it with your friends on social media and just personally. Um, that will really, really help. I know that I forget to talk about that, but it really, it does. It's, it's been growing it, and I want to thank everybody. Like I, I shared uh, uh, on Facebook, I believe it was, I shared how I've been getting so much response and hundreds of people being able to to watch the videos and share it. And so I uh, thank you guys, and but just remember to do that. Like it and subscribe, subscribe so that you get the notification whenever something new comes out and you don't get miss out, and you're also able to share it and bless other people with it. So... Today, I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on the five love languages and how we should use them to build our relationships and make them stronger and better, as well as going into how this topic relates to our worship and um, our relationship with God. So don't go anywhere. All right. If you aren't familiar with the love languages, there are five love languages, and I'll just go through some of that to, as an introduction here to let you kind of get caught up if you haven't been thinking about it. But hopefully you already are familiar with some of this, so the thoughts that I have will actually just add to some of this understanding um, and not just be a beginning thing, but actually take a deeper level uh, step of understanding of what this is. So the five love languages are uh, the gift-giving, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. Okay, so each one of these, as you can tell, if you start thinking about them, you know, I'll read, go through that again, is the, you know, giving gifts, you know, we express our love in, in different ways, and there are different types of gifts, obviously, and um, so it, it varies in a little bit, but, you know, that's that's an expression of love, and words of affirmation, when you talk to your the, your loved one, whether it's a child, whether it's your spouse, whether it's even even a friend, we say things that, that give them affirmation of, of our love specifically just saying, I love you is a form of affirmation, but also acknowledging their, um, their attributes and the things that they do that, um, are, are worthy. And, but also one of the aspects is just affirming love period without any strings attached, whether they succeed or not. That's an important thing to show and express, especially when you're talking about, um, the love of a parent, there's, you love them regardless, but it does build them up when you t- talk about the things that they have, the, the things that are their natural and also the things that they've achieved. It's all good. And acts of service. This is probably one of the most common things that we express our love with. Acts of service are, you know, we, we know how that is. Just when you, when you give someone a, a glass of water, that's an act of service that blesses them and shows that you care about them. Um, all different levels of that. But like I said, I'm not wanting to necessarily explain all these things. Just think about the, the, because they they fit into all, every act of love fits into one of these categories essentially, quality time spending time with people, with intentionally deliberately but also just ma- making sure that it's it's good quality time not just spending time and and in mass quantity but it's it's um, actually the time you're spending is meaningful and useful but sometimes just just simply spending the day doing different things with with people makes all the difference in your connection with them. And last is physical touch. Now this isn't 
just it's more intimate and so it, it applies to deeper things more more um, personal things but it also applies to friendships you know when you when you greet someone with a hug because you haven't seen them those types of things bring that connection and express our love so like i said every form of love every time we express our love for people when we talk to them um, when we get to know people but especially you get closer to more intimate relationships marriage and children and things like that and you're in your inner circle of friendships and relationships every single one of our acts of love and the way that we communicate our love fits into one of these five categories or, you know, it's a love language. It's, it's a way we learn, we speak these things. It's just like learning any other language. You, when you're born into English, like I am, I speak English and I don't think about speaking English. It is just the way that I communicate. But if I try to communicate with someone in Spanish, which I know very little of, I can communicate just a few things and I have to really concentrate and try to get it across to them. But if I was to study Spanish, I would be able to communicate much more fully. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about with the love languages. I want to get into that. And so it's really important that when we're thinking about love languages and understanding these different expressions to remember that the person you are loving may not speak your language and they may not speak it at all, or they may not just speak it as well as you. And so it, you can't demand that they understand when you're loving them. Get that. that that's that, to me. This is such a such an important part of of these um, languages and how we love each other and how we express our love is that you have to understand that if someone do, isn't understanding what you're saying, then it's your job to communicate that in a new and a different way. It's not their job necessarily. It goes both ways because when you're in a relationship with somebody. You, you, as the receiver of love, need to grow and learn to um, understand them better. So it goes both ways. But so, but I'm starting now with talking about us expressing it. We can't demand that they understand us. We have to learn about them personally. We have to get close to them. We have to um, grow in seeing what they respond to and seeing what touches them and how that lets them understand what we're trying to communicate. And so we learn to express our love in a language that communicates with them, with them personally. And so we tailor the way that we do things. I might more naturally just be um, a person who does acts of service. Well, that person may not really get that and feel the true sense of love that I'm showing them by being there for them and and doing things for them. And they need to hear me say, I love you. I care about you. You matter to me. You are a person in my life that is more valuable than the job I have or, or, you know, things like that to communicate more fully. And that opens their heart and opens their life to receive that love for me. Whereas I could have just let it go. I could have been taking care of them, like taking care of your kids. You can take care of your kids all day long and they don't necessarily feel the love. Maybe later, maybe as they grow up, they're going to grab a hold of that and they're going to realize that that's, that's, that happens. But I want them to know all along. I want them to receive my love all along because that when you are receiving love, especially the love of a parent, it, uh, it uh, sets you free. You're no longer trying to get that love. You have that satisfaction of that love. It allows you as a person to be stretched, to grow and go in a direction and go beyond where you've, um, 
would have been spending all that effort trying to get love, you are now loved. And same thing, since I'm going to go into it, our relationship with God is a lot like that. We, a lot of times people are trying to earn the love of God, but when they actually learn to recognize and see and know the truth about his love and how much he loves them, them, they spend that time getting to know him. They spend that time in pursuit of him. They spend that time being used by him to enhance that love for other people. It's a beautiful thing. It's really what God is is after. And so the heart of this is to understand love. And we, as we know, God is love. And the love that God has given us, we're supposed to show it to other people. And this is about very personal th- interactions, individual relationships that you have, how this works out, and understanding these different languages of how to express that. It's also equally important to learn to recognize when someone is loving us, but they not, may not be speaking the same language as us. Like I said, we have to learn to understand and receive their love in a depth and affection that they mean it. So if someone is showing me love in a way that I'm not familiar with, or I'm not, it doesn't mean as much. Like maybe um, you may not um, care that much about receiving gifts, about when someone gives gifts, it may not mean that much to you. Like, well, I already have what I need and, and I may not even use that. But I have a friend, uh, a, a good friend of mine that I've known for many years, and I won't name them because I haven't asked them to talk about them on here, but they give gifts. They give gifts all the time. They, that's, that is what they love to do. They search yard sales. They go to different stores and they, well, they listen. When they're around you, they're listening to the things that you talk about, about things that, that matter to you or, or maybe you just might not even be thinking that much about it, but you say, man, I wish I had that. A month or two later, they will show up at your door with that in their hand. And I'm not lying. They, this person is really good at this and always giving and they care so much. But it's real easy to neglect that. You'd say, oh, well, you know, I didn't really care about that. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was just a passing thought. But they put the time, they put the effort into finding that. And so that gift that they gave is an expression of their love. And when you don't receive it, it can hurt them, but also you're not actually connected with them. And so I had to learn this because in general, you know, I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I take care of my own things. And in general, I don't have needs because God has blessed me and I'm grateful for that. But when they give me a gift that allows me to just receive it, just receive that gift and, and know that they love me, it opened my heart. It allows me to see that this person actually is thinking about me and actually caring and operating in the spirit of God. Whereas I could have neglected that and also hurt them. And that hurt causes a, a separation. Instead of being unified and being and growing in my friendship with them, I lose that opportunity. So understanding that as I learn to speak their language, I learn to receive their language, I become connected with them in a deeper way. So let's talk a little bit about each of these languages so we can understand how they work and how um, how to become fluent in each of them. When we become more capable of understanding and expressing love in all five languages, we're able to connect. We're able to enjoy more full relationships with each person that we know and every relationship that we have can grow, but also it allows us to build new ones when we meet people and we operate in, the, in these things. It allows us to connect with people because we're able to express without even thinking about it now. We, we express love in ways that connect with people that we wouldn't have connected with before. Maybe even start a friendship that you would have never had because you, you get 
um, you, you have the ability now and you're doing it fluently, just, just naturally giving love in these different ways. So let's start with, um, with gift giving. I, I wanted to start here um, because this one has some aspects that we must address in ourselves. Disappointment causes resentment and bitterness in relationships, and that's not good. Bitterness and resentment, I can't speak. Resentment makes us um, separate, makes us just not connect and um, be distant from sometimes the most important people in our lives. And um, if your primary love language is gift giving and you are in a relationship with someone who has very little means to give, It's very easy, very easy at times to not be content or satisfied. You may not even know this if you haven't really spent much time understanding the love languages. Um, But if you, if you are in a relationship like this and you learn to recognize that you respond to gift giving and you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't have much means. And so they don't give a whole lot of gifts. Now um, it's easy to be, be not content or um, you not feel satisfied because they're not capable of giving you much or, you know, like I said, we have to correct this in us because this is not dependent upon how much somebody has. People can give gifts in all different, all different forms, but bitterness and disappointment from not receiving gifts causes problems. And I know some relationships, I've done some different marriage counseling and I've talked to different people and the husband is not used to giving gifts and their and their money is tight and so he doesn't think to approach life in that set he's his focus is on trying to meet the needs of the family which is usually acts of service by going to work and working hard and trying to figure out ways to support the family but the gift giving is neglected he he can give gifts um in different ways there's absolutely the ability to give gifts um even if you don't have money, there are small ways that you can focus on and, and learn. And this is something that, that I probably actually need to grow in. I'm just going to acknowledge this. I'm not the best gift giver. I do think of gifts and I do give gifts to people that I care about, but this is not something that I have done naturally all my life. And it's, it's something that I'm, I'm seeking to grow in and I have gotten better at, but I still want to get even, even better at, but there's ways to, to show your love, but like, Preparing their favorite food. That's a gift that you can give to someone. It's also an act of service, but it's also a gift. You can give that gift of, of that moment, of that, that meal or that dessert or whatever it is that they enjoy, and you can give that. And another thing is you, maybe you're not a cook. Maybe you're, you, you're more practical. Um, maybe making a handmade piece of furniture or um, writing a poem or um, drawing a picture or simply taking pictures and presenting giving them as gifts. Um, maybe, maybe it's picking wildflowers. You don't have enough money to buy uh, edible arrangements or buy a big floral arrangement, but you can stop and you can see some pretty flowers and pick them along the side of the road and give them to your daughter or your spouse your, uh, and show uh, through gifts that you love them. And these little things can really show and connect with someone who is not feeling and not sensing and communicating with us on those levels because we don't have the means. And so that, that was, that's the kind of the focus that I, I think that a lot of times it's easy to get lost in is that gift giving doesn't have to be a, a big financial thing. Now, obviously, if you have more money and you have the capability, your gifts can be quite elaborate and they can be meaningful. 
But we also have to recognize that sometimes gifts like that are not necessarily the personal and they're not necessarily connecting with that person on a deeper level. So we have to be aware of that. Gift giving is is something that each one of us should learn and pray about. And as we gift our, our families, you know, there's there's a lot to be thought about there. I don't want to just give my kids all kinds of stuff when I know that they need to be earning it themselves. And that's part of responsibility. But I can still give them good gifts, very good gifts. God gives us very good gifts in our relationship with him. And he meets our needs and shows us a lot of times we things we weren't even aware of. He, he brings us and gives us gifts, just simply gifts of of touching our heart in a way that that speaks to us in a new way. All right, the next one is uh, words of affirmation. Now, learning to verbalize our love for others is extremely important. Words of affirmation are specific ways that we can confirm in someone that they really do have value in our life. They really do. Often, especially after years of being in a relationship, it's it's easy to focus on things that um, need to be worked on, the negative side of things, rather than intentionally talking about things that are good in people. We must deliberately speak words of, that affirm their qualities. Now, see, I recognize this. My, I, you know, I don't want to condemn anybody that, but my family and my heritage. We've talked about this a lot of different times. We kind of struggle in that area sometimes, of really affirming one another. We we do, and I think, and I thankfully it's not the worst, but we do say I love you a lot. And 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 when I'm talking about, I'm talking about more of my extended family. In my personal family, I've saw, I've done this, and I've really sought to to do this better and better and better. And so we have a pretty good environment of expressing our love in my in my personal family. But my extended family, on my dad's side, there was a a struggle in some of that. And so we've grown a lot, and we've we started expressing these things, simply just saying, I love you. And just simply verbalizing that is extremely important. It grows friendship and attachment inside of a family, inside of, of that community of extended family that is, is so beautiful and so important that if you, if you don't do that, people get left out. It's amazing how many times just simply talking about that when you see somebody, you're giving them that that affirmation of, "Hey, man, it's great to see you. I love you. Um, oh man, you know, I miss you." Those types of things of affirmation that they matter to us. They're they're extremely important, and especially with kids. Again, a lot of these things come back to parenting and kids because that that affects how, who they are as they grow. We have to learn to really express that to to tell them. I love you as often as possible and tell them I, I love the, love you in more words than just those words of simply I love you. But simply I love you does mean a lot to them. But when you speak to them and you and you talk to them, hey, man, how you doing? Talking to you, talking to your kid as they're growing up, you get more and more conversation with them. They become more and more personality. And my kids are, are just about growing. And so I'm able to have complex conversations with them. But I want to express how much it means to me to see them, to spend time with them, to talk to them and verbalize that. It affects and it keeps the door open. When you don't communicate those things, often the doors close. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what the other person, whether they're a family or a friend, you don't know exactly what they're going through. And so the more you verbalize it, the more it attack that, you know, anything that might be attacking them, that might be dividing them or making them feel inadequate, your love often breaks that off of them. Now, next is 
acts of service. And I just, I've mentioned this several times already, but this language is probably the most common language that is expressed in a relationship. Acts of service are, in a lot of ways, they're the most natural thing to do when you care about someone. However, you know, just even though things are natural that you care, take care of, the people that you love, they also can be ignored. And, and also, they can just be um, done in an obligatory way or just neglected over time and familiarity. I know like in, in a marriage, a lot of times you may have done lots of acts of service and cared about someone when you first started dating them and then when you first got married and, and in the honeymoon stage, you did a lot of things. And then over time, it just begins to be ho-hum. The familiarity causes you to to just not do it. And you, and you just neglect it over time. And that that's not a good thing. Uh, we have to we have to um, really take care to respect when others care for us. It's easy to ignore them when when they are taking care of us on a regular basis. We just like well that's what they always do, you know. But say thank you. This is something that I, I've been deliberate about and probably need to do it even better. But I've, I try to be very deliberate when when someone does something like hey I say hey can you bring me a a, a drink and they bring it up to to actually say thank you to acknowledge fully hey I appreciate that. You know, oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. Just little things like that that could easily get overlooked in a environment where you're just used to it. The, the, especially if you're look, talking about child, being a child, being someone who is taken care of, often it's overlooked. And we don't, we don't appreciate the love language that <laughs> like mothers sacrifice so much for their kids and they're there. Uh, you know, 24 seven from the time that child is born and that, that dwindles over time, but they're, it's so intense and they're spending all this time and it's primarily one act of service after another for that child, for the needs that that child has. And the child doesn't even know it, doesn't even recognize it. And, that, and the parents understand that, that a child grows up and they recognize that more and more. But it is very important that each one of us, you, you might now need to recognize how much that your parents have given to you. You might be an adult, you might be a, a parent yourself, and you need to still recognize how much your parents have done for you. But, but also, friends, learn to recognize that and be very grateful and walk in an attitude of, of complete um, appreciation for the acts of service that people do for us. This is learning to speak that language. Now, I also have to touch on that. Um, sometimes people don't really speak this language well. And in general, like I said, this is the most common, most natural one that gets expressed all the time. But there are people that don't, they've never really developed this at all. And so they're quite selfish. They don't really do many acts of service for other people in their life. And um, that's a bad thing. That's a very destructive thing. And so they could easily come to the conclusion, well, that's not my love language, you know, if they're thinking about it. But the reality is acts of service are something that they need to really place a priority in your life. If, if, if you struggle with that, if you maybe you were spoiled, maybe your parents were so, so full of acts of service that you didn't have to take care of yourself. And maybe you've grown up in an environment and you've taken advantage of that and you've just and you've not grown into becoming uh, someone who loves and serves others you need to do that. Make a, an intentional effort to become a better servant, to express love for people in your life by serving them. That's something that I think we can all grow in, but absolutely, there, there are people who have been spoiled 
and need to recognize that that needs to transfer. They've received access service. It needs to transfer into being a better servant. All right. Next one up is quality time. We're all, we're all so busy in life these days. Um, I know some of us are busier than others, and some of us have are busy with a lot of meaningless things, but a lot of us are busy with things that are important. And um, so this area of quality time often gets thrown to the side. And we have to, we have to, as, as, as the people of God, we have to make deliberate time to spend with, with each of our people, <laughs> each of our people. Sometimes you can do it in groups and that's good. I actually, I think sometimes that gets neglected with the quality of time understanding is thinking that, that it always means individual one-on-one time. It doesn't always mean that. It does a lot of times. We don't need to neglect the, the one-on-one time, but, but spending time with, with your family as a unit is a good thing. That's quality time that you get to spend. It's not one-on-one necessarily, but as a group, the the children and the family get to interact and and do things. You know, whether it's eating dinner together, watching a movie together, going on a hike together, whatever different activities that you like to do, it's not wrong to be in a group. Whether it's a friend group or whether it's a family group, um, that's something like I said, I know a lot of people have, have focused very heavily on the one-on-one and I just wanted to include that. I want to include that it's not always one-on-one. And in fact, a lot of times we need to capitalize on the quality time that we're spending with multiple people or a group and, um, and really capitalize that. Don't neglect that. Don't, don't think that it doesn't, um, fit in with the per the quality time. Now the one-on-one time is very, very important. A lot of times you never get to know somebody. I don't know. I, I've had been, had friendships with people that I've not, I've known them for many years, but I've never really had the opportunity to have one-on-one time with them. But then I have that. It opens up. There's a, there's a, a an opportunity one night, or maybe we get, went camping with a group of people and I sat down and talked to somebody or what um, one things we, when we get together at church and sometimes you sit down and you talk to, to, to them for the first time, you get to hear things about their life that maybe you've heard in passing, but didn't know the details or just it opens up. And all of a sudden you have this new connection. The love language is now being spoken of quality time. And so the quality time builds that connection. Another way that this gets neglected is when we personally are more content being alone. Now, often it's easy to not place a priority on spending time with the people in our lives. Obviously, people closer to us should receive a priority in our time. But relationships that are second tier or third tier, um, those relationships absolutely need to be cultivated too. It's, del- it's a deliberate thing that when you begin to speak this language, you you do that. You, you consciously at first, but then it becomes so natural you do it without thinking, oh, I've got to spend time with people. But it's really easy to neglect those the second and third tier relationships. Those relationships often bloom into some of the closest friendships that you have, but if you don't cultivate them, they never do. And so you have to place a priority on that. It's very, it's very easy to, if, if you're, especially like I said, if you're content being alone, then you may come home from work and just on a daily basis throughout your week, never talk to anybody because you're content with that. And that's, that's okay. We all, everybody has different personality traits that are going to, to flow in our life different ways. But even then doesn't mean that you don't need to place a priority to be deliberate and cultivate those relationships, reaching out to someone, taking the opportunity to talk to them and be with them. 
is is so valuable. And so, like I said, a lot of those relationships that right now may be second or third tier, they're not right, they're not that close, end up becoming some of the most valuable relationships. They 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 bring richness to our life, incalculable value that um, you can't plan for, you can't predict it. You I, and I know this is a difficult thing sometimes. I know a lot of people have looked at at relationships with with people and and they'll be like well i can only have so many friends and that and i agree that that you know the practicality is that you you're only going to be close to so many people in your life and you can't be close with everybody um but you also don't know you really can't predict which relationships are going to be close you can't if you think you can you're cutting off opportunities and you're limiting um the relationships for one thing even if you don't end up being close just simply showing that love can be a very very big impact in someone else's life. All right. So the last one is physical touch. Now, this one can be a touchy subject. <laughs> Had to throw in a dad joke. But 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 really, this this one actually can be. I know some people that have strong opinions about physical touch, and they don't, you know, they... I know some people that actually teach that the Bible tells us not to touch, especially people from, you know, like... Um, there is a verse in the Bible that 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 talks about that not to touch a woman. Now, I personally have a lot to say about that topic. I'm not going to go there right now because that's not the point. My point is that our society has increasingly become less connected and distant. Um, physical touch is being neglected to the harm of many people in our society. Um, this was happening long before COVID hit and social distancing. It was happening because of um, social media and um, other technology that, like telephones that help us connect but are not meant to replace physical interactions. But over time, um, our society has, been, has used these things to replace something that can't be replaced. And in 2020... Um, this became much worse. You know, the, the fear of being, um, of contracting a disease, but also passing a disease caused everybody to, to really get in a place that need God, God wants to break it off of us. Embracing friends and family, even shaking hands, patting someone on the back. Um, there's so many different ways that, that physical touch expresses how much somebody matters to us, what they mean to us, and showing them love. I was actually in a church that's not even my church. I was visiting this um, just a few days ago, and I was, I've was i been recovering from a, a fall, and I, so I have a hurt back. I was on crutches, and this guy I don't know, he walked by me. He looked me in the eyes, and he just tapped me on the shoulder and, and just... It was, I could tell it was just, it was just an expression. He's, he's probably a physical touch type person. He just expressed love and care for me in that moment. I don't know him. I've never spoken a word to him, but I felt, and I knew that he loved me. I'm, I'm a physical touch person as well. And so I probably received that more easily than somebody else. Somebody else might've thought that was rude. Um, <laughs> but again, this goes back to what I'm talking about, how we receive love, how we learn to speak these languages. It's important. That gave me a connection with that person. So when I, if I go back to visit that church, I may speak to him because I connected with him because he expressed love. Instead of staying distant from him, it might open a door to talk to him. I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to hold. But because that was a language that I understood and he spoke it, I received it. And it can grow and create a connection. Even if it doesn't, I still appreciate that this person actually loved a total stranger. 
And I'm able to appreciate that. I didn't know him and he loved me. That's, that's so cool how these things work. And that's why we can't neglect and be um, caught up in one form and not in another. Learning to speak all these languages will enhance you. It'll make you capable of touching so many more people and just the richness, like I said, the wealth of those relationships will just be enhanced so much more. Now, obviously, there's um, more intimate forms of physical touch, and they are very, very important, especially in marriage. It's not just the act of physical intimacy, um, how we express this and how we show our desire and and love brings us so much closer. It's, like I said, it's not just the physical act, um, but it is the the way that we go about the physical act um, because you can you can have physical touch um, even on an intimate level that is very selfish and we're, we're fulfilling some of our need for intimacy but not actually communicating that love for someone else and that's selfish and that's not that's not the way God intended um, intimacy especially um, sexually in a, in a marriage. God didn't intend for our intimacy to be selfish. And I say this because I've counseled and I know the struggle. I know it's real. I know that there are many relationships that even on the most closest um, encounters, it's still selfish and it's not fulfilling for both people and ultimately for for anyone. Um, You get what you want out of something at a certain time, but ultimately that doesn't fulfill the need because when you connect and you actually have the physical touch and the intimacy with with your spouse, the the fulfillment of them expressing their love and you expressing your love to them um, is very, very important and it builds the strength of your marriage and the foundation of your love that allows you to live your life in all the other different areas and, and face um, crisis and face difficulty that are going to arise. You will face difficulty. You will battle attacks against your life. And having that solid rock of that love and that expression and the physical connection with your spouse makes a huge difference in how well we can handle those things. And to be a better person and love others more completely, we we really have to learn these, you know, all five of them. We have to learn these languages and become better at both giving and receiving love spoken in all five of the love languages. Each one of these things is, is you don't have the right and you don't have the, the um, luxury ultimately to not because you will miss out and you will not be the person who God is calling you to be to love the people in your life. God has in, instructed us to love and he he he's not just instructed us to love he's instructed us at one point to love as he loves and um i'm actually planning on going into this um and talking about the similarities between love languages and relationships with people and the connection with worship and expressing worship in a unique way next time that's my that's my plan for my next um time we get together and it's going to be tying in with all with all the things that I've shared here, um, but also taking it to the next step. And so I think that that kind of shares my heart. That's that's what I wanted to get across about these different love languages. I, I hope that if you hadn't heard these things and you didn't know about them, go, go find out more about them. I definitely didn't cover every aspect of it by any stretch, but I hope you really get a hold of the, the reality that 
becoming fluent and being able to speak these languages allows you to love other people, be loved by them, connect with them, build relationships that wouldn't have happened. So many different things begin to unfold as we progress in this and as we grow in our ability to express these languages. Well, I love you guys. I will see you next time. And hopefully you can contemplate this and be ready as I go into the next phase of this conversation next time. Talk to you then. Everything lost Long ago in the garden, the world be. Now a dream fulfilled in you and me.